Hello and welcome to the podcast. I hope all of you are having a great day. My name is Derek Kanijo. Before we begin, I just want to say that nothing I say here should be taken as advice. I could be wrong. In fact, I am frequently wrong. So please do your own homework. In the first podcast I did, I talked about Ferrari. I explained why I thought it was a very special and powerful brand. Here is a quick recap of what I said. Ferrari sells about 10,000 cars per year. These cars are very exclusive and the waiting list for certain models can be as long as 3 years. But the company restricts supply to create scarcity and maintain strong desire for the cars. As a result, Ferrari's revenue is actually very predictable and not tied to the economic cycle. This is unlike other car companies whose sales fluctuate with the economic cycle. Furthermore, Ferrari has pricing power, a strong brand, and a loyal client base. All great things you want in a business. So this got me thinking, are there any other luxury brands out there that have similar characteristics? The answer is yes, there are. So in today's podcast, I will be talking about some very special luxury brands. I am sure you would be familiar with most if not all of the brands that I will be discussing. We all know Nicki Minaj, right? She is one of the most famous rappers and singers today. If you listen carefully to her hit song, I like it. There is a line in the song that goes, "I like those Balenciagas, the ones that look like rock socks." And a lot of other rappers have rapped about brands. I think this just shows how relevant luxury brands are in our culture. Brands such as Hermès and Louis Vuitton were founded in Paris over 150 years ago. These brands have storied legacies and they are very desirable. They are also very resilient and have withstood the test of time. If you think about what has happened in the last 150 years, We had some truly horrible events like World War 1 and World War World War 2. Yet brands such as Hermès, Louis Vuitton, Chanel, Gucci, Burberry, Cartier have all managed to endure and my guess is that they will survive whatever comes next. These brands also benefit from global affluence. As the middle classes grow around the world, their desire for finer things and aspirational goods will grow in line over the next few years i expect a growing percent of sales of luxury products to come from e-commerce a few years ago i would have told you that i did not expect consumers to want to shop for luxury items on a small screen and without trying on the product i have actually been proven wrong in the in the long run this might actually be good news because these brands can now close their weaker performing retail stores and reduce their rent expense but i expect them to still keep their best stores in the major cities in the major cities of the world visiting an hermes or louis vuitton store is an experience in itself and i don't expect that will change i think going forward physical stores will play a different role for example the hermes birkin bag is deliberately not sold online and only in certain stores This creates an element of rarity and mystery around these bags. It is an aspiration and achievement for many people to get their hands on one. Based on my very limited knowledge, 
the only way of getting one is to be offered one. And to be offered one, you need to have a very good reputation with the company. I want to pivot and now talk about luxury cosmetics. Earlier this year, I read a really great book called The Company I Keep by Leonard Lauder. He was the son of Estee Lauder. Estee Lauder sells cosmetics, skincare, and fragrance products. The brands in their portfolio include Estee Lauder, Clinique, Origins, MAC, Bobby Brown, Glam Glow, La Mer, Joe Malone, and many more. They compete with other global cosmetic companies such as L'Oreal, Cicero, and Cicero. I think all of you would agree that the desire to look good is universal. If you agree with that statement, then these brands have over 7 billion people to go after. You may disagree with what I'm about to say next, but I think vanity is increasing in humans. The adoption of smartphones and social media means that we are taking and sharing more pictures than ever. And let's face it, to a certain extent, we all care about how we look. This is why Invisalign and Botox are so popular. Furthermore, e-commerce is a very attractive channel for luxury cosmetics because the products are expensive, small and light. This means they can be shipped long distances. The next time you visit a Sephora, try asking the question, what is selling really well? So far, we have talked about luxury accessories and cosmetics. Another category I want to talk about is premium spirits. My close friends know that my favorite liquor company is Maotai. The history of the brand goes back over 2000 years and it is the drink of China. A bottle of Mao Tai is considered the ultimate gift for special people and various celebrations. What's interesting is that the demand for the drink is so high that most of the Mao Tai that is sold in China is actually fake. Other premium spirit companies you might have heard of are Brown Foreman, which is the distiller of Jack Daniels, Diageo, which owns Johnny Walker and Smirnoff, Pernod Ricard, LVMH, Remy Contoire, pretty sure I just mispronounced that one. Anyway, because there is a limit to how much alcohol humans can consume, I think as people get more wealthy, we will see them switch to higher-end premium spirits. For example, from Johnny Walker Black to Johnny Walker Gold. You might ask, what about beer? I think right now, beer is not as good a business as it used to be. I think this is because of the rise of craft brewers and the movement of young people towards wine and spirits. What is interesting is that beer brands don't travel well across geographies. I can't think of a true I can't think of a truly global beer brand that has a dominant market share like what Coca-Cola has in soft drinks. I don't know why, but the dominant beer brand in a lot of countries is a local beer brand. For example, in Thailand, we have Sing and Chang. In Laos, it is Beer Lao. In China, it is Snow Beer. In Japan, it is Asahi. In Singapore, it is Tiger Beer. In the Netherlands, it is Heineken. In Jamaica, it is Red Stripe. There are more examples, but you get the point. I think by now, you, 
But I think by now you will notice that a lot of the great luxury brands such as LVMH, Estee Lauder and Brown Foreman are still family controlled. This just shows how enduring these brands can be when taken care of. I want to end this podcast with a quote from Johann Rupert, who is the founder of Richmond. He said something that really captures the essence of luxury brands. Anniversaries, birthdays and girlfriends are always going to be there. That is all for today. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Until next time.